Last year, Adoles Garcia showed that his breakout rookie season was no fluke. He is a legitimately good major league player. What are the expectations for him this year? Is there another level for him to get to? All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now on today's show, we are getting into right field, which is Adolis Garcia. The Rangers right fielder, how good is he going to be this year? And a little bit about the center field talk, because I'm not really sure, quite sure, what to make of the Rangers center field situation. Before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, before we get into the right field shenanigans, I want to talk about a great start from Nathan Eovaldi in yesterday's game, one of the two different games that the Rangers played on Wednesday. The Rangers won 2-0 against the White Sox, but that's not really what matters. What matters is that Nate Ivaldi still has not allowed a single run in spring training. Went five shutout innings. Looked like the Nate Ivaldi the Rangers thought they were getting when they signed him. Did have his first walk of the spring. He's done a really good job of not walking anybody, as have most of these Rangers starting pitchers. Five shutout innings, just one walk, four Ks, and five hits. No runs, no earned runs, no homers, obviously. But another really, really good outing. I am so excited for Nathan Eovaldi. I didn't super love the signing um, at the time that it happened. I thought, okay, fine, pretty good. Not necessarily what I thought was needed at that time, but looking back, I think it really solidified that rotation, gives them another guy who on his day has absolutely some of the best stuff out there. And as a guy who uses a splitter, which is a very, very effective pitch and a pitch that is not thrown a whole lot in Major League Baseball and one that he uses so effectively as we saw all of these Japanese pitchers in the World Baseball Classic. Well, maybe not every single one of them, but most of them had a pretty effective cutter and that lineup full of MLB All-Stars was just absolutely fooled by the amount of different splitters. And when you can use it so effectively off of your fastball, which is looking like the fastball of old that has touched 99 miles an hour multiple times and sitting in the upper 90s, which is what makes Nathan Ivaldi so effective with that other off-speed stuff. I am really, really excited to see what he can do uh, this season with the Rangers. Again, hoping that he stays healthy, but really just encouraged by what I've seen from him this spring. In the other game, John Gray did not allow an earned run, did allow uh, three runs that were unearned. Uh, one of them, I actually, I think two of them, scored on his errant pickoff move, um, had four and two-thirds of three unearned runs in that line, a pair of walks, which were his first walks of spring training, four hits and just two strikeouts. Still, decent work from him and... Um, I'm excited just to see him be healthy, pitching deeper into these games. We are coming to the end of spring training. We are literally one week away from opening day. Absolutely cannot wait. And it's looking like this Rangers rotation is, is going to be just about ready to go. 
by the time that this season opens against the Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday, March 30th, in exactly seven days from me recording this episode. So exciting stuff from this Rangers rotation. And the Rangers also have some excitement in right field in Adolis Garcia. Everything about this guy screams excitement. And I have absolutely loved watching him blossom into a legitimate MLB star, a one-time all-star, a should-have-been-rookie-of-the-year in 2021 during a season in which the Rangers had absolutely no hope. Everything felt miserable and ugly and horrifying to watch, but Adolis Garcia was none of those things. He was absolutely electric, came on, it was absolutely found money in 149 games that year, had in his first ever all-star appearance, a 741 OPS, Broke the Rangers' rookie home run record with those 31 bombs. Provided stunning defense in the outfield. Highlight real plays. Every time he was out there, he was bringing the intensity and the emotion. And just something that the Rangers have not had in a long, long time. And for that, he will have my eternal gratitude as someone who watched way too much 2021 Rangers baseball. Which can be argued that almost any 2021 Rangers baseball was a little bit too much to watch. But... Adolis Garcia was not a flash in the pan. Granted, he was incredibly raw. The athleticism was very evident with the just ginormous arm making absolutely insane throws in the outfield and hitting with just absolute godlike light tower power. Some of these home runs opposite field, um, some of them pulled, some dead center field. The guy just makes loud contact, comes up in big moments, and knows how to perform when the spotlight is the brightest. And really appreciate him for that. It really makes a difference, and I think it's going to make a big, big difference more so on a winning team than it has in the last few years when the Rangers have not been as much of a winning team. But a lot of these different projection systems are still not high on Adolis Garcia. They still don't believe, after two years of him being a good, not just like fine serviceable, he's been a good major league player. The last two years, he has had a war over three and a half, according to baseball reference. And I believe it's also been over, not quite, uh, 3.3 in Fangraphs for 2021 and 3.8 war in 2022 according to Fangraphs' calculations, a 3.6 war, according to Baseball Reference, in 2022, and was one of the best Rangers players. Definitely one of the most exciting, but he's a guy who strikes out quite a bit. That is always going to be a part of his game. He is very raw. He does not walk a whole lot. He got better at that last year. Um, He was still in terms of swinging, missing, and also chasing out of the zone. His zone discipline was not super great last year. Did take a little bit of a step back defensively as well in terms of outs above average and outfielder jump. Um, Sprint speed was still about where it was. Arm strength was still in the top 2% of all of baseball. Um, But some of those defensive highlights were still there, but it was a little more inconsistent than we saw in 2021. There was a lot more um, routine plays made, but there was just kind of routine mistakes, just kind of drop balls, kind of weird moments for the Rangers defensively in outfield last year. We also saw a little bit of that from Leody Tavares as well. Coming up, we're going to get into why I think Adolis Garcia still has another level to attain and why I think that all of those projections that have him regressing or being significantly worse um, than he has been are just absolute balderdash. But before we get into all of that, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. 
Buying tickets for your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped about all the fun you'll have. I know I'm going to be a lot more excited to go get some Rangers tickets this year, and you know sometimes it's it's more difficult to plan things out super in advance. And you know if you're just like one of these nights, your your night happens to free up, and you're like, you know, what? I want to go out and see Jacob Degrom tonight, or I want to go out and see Nate Evaldi, or I want to go out and see Adoles Garcia go do something freaking awesome. Then the Game Time app is here for you. It's the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget all the planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, Adolis Garcia has been exciting, uh, thrilling, fascinating and just overall freaking fun just absolutely freaking fun he makes watching baseball fun uh, especially this rangers baseball team but this spring he has been doing something that has made me so excited so absolutely excited one of the few things in spring training that i'm looking very closely at every day is how many walks does adolis garcia have because if adolis garcia can get that walk rate up to anywhere like close to league average oh my goodness this guy is going to go from a star to a freaking superstar the guy has immense potential with all the raw abilities in the world, all the pizzazz, all of the uh, machismo, if you will. And he has eight walks to lead the Rangers. Uh, yes, tied for the lead with Robbie Grossman for the most walks in spring training for any Rangers player. He has just nine strikeouts as well, an on-base of 419 this spring, which you may think, okay, it's a tiny sample size, 43 plate appearances, but having eight walks in 43 plate appearances. That is not nothing. He has an OPS of 990, also has a pair of home runs, pair of doubles, and a triple. Uh, has not been very aggressive on the base pass just yet, but really none of the Rangers have been super-duper aggressive on the base pass except for, well, Bubba Thompson because Bubba Thompson is going to be Bubba Thompson. But Adolis Garcia with a half-decent walk rate is one of the more dangerous players on this team and it really would take this the ceiling of this team to being much much higher because already it's looking like your top four is going to be pretty set in stone of Simeon Seeger and then Lowe and Adolis Garcia probably batting cleanup and I had some some doubts some some aspersions of maybe maybe that that cleanup hitter is actually going to be Mitch Garver who by the way is not having the best spring uh contrasted with Jonah Heim who's gotten eight 34 OPS this spring. Mitch Garver is down all the way at 406, but he's healthy, so I don't particularly care too much about that. But with Adolis Garcia, I think that he is establishing himself as the Rangers cleanup hitter, as one of the premier offensive talents on this team, and goes a long way to deepening this lineup. I mean, having a top three of those three stars in the infield that are all pretty darn good. You got to have some some oomph, some power in the middle of that lineup, the middle third when the Rangers were at their best in 2011 and 2012. They had that oomph in the middle of their lineup. Nelson Cruz hitting somewhere in the um, four or five or even six hole. Same with Mike Napoli, who was just one of the most dangerous hitters in the world in 2011. Um, 
and I mean, Adrian Beltre, I think, was hitting third or fourth a lot of those years. Like, it's a really, really deep lineup, and you need all the way through the order and having some of those boppers in that middle third or hitting cleanup like Adolis Garcia is um, or probably will be for the most part for the Rangers this year, I think is going to make a big, big difference on how freaking good this team could be. But I mean, look at some of his advanced numbers last year. I mean, the walk rate, the only things that were really below average or really, really down there were his whiff rate, um, his strikeout rate, his chase rate, and his walk rate. But everything else was was pretty high up there. You know, his average exit velocity is in the top 10% of baseball. So when he's making contact, he is making very, very hard and loud contact. His max exit velocity is just outside the top 10%. Um, hard hit percentage, expected slugging, both of those in the top 20%, 21%, excuse me, of baseball and barrel rate, top 12% of baseball. This guy knows how to get the barrel of the bat on the ball, hit those baseballs hard, make them go far, make them go over the fence. And I think he is poised to have a very, very good year because if he is able to be a little bit more disciplined in the zone, a little bit better about recognizing the strike zone and recognizing some spin. Last year, he had a little bit of a regression. He did very, very well his rookie year about um, being able to dominate sliders. Last year took a little bit of a step back there, um, was still able to dominate fastballs and did take a step forward in being able to recognize and crush changeups, which is something he didn't do well his rookie season in 2021. So if he can get back to mashing those sliders, continue to mash the fastballs and still do well against those changeups, there's, there's not a whole lot of pitches that that opposing pitchers can attack him with and if he's able to continue that discipline he's going to get more strikes more quality strikes and he's going to be able to mash those even further maybe earn his second all-star nomination of his career but these projections from baseball reference and from fan graphs are not really doing him any favors i think they are really downplaying how good this guy is and i think that's a darn shame maybe eventually they'll they'll get their act together and kind of realize that He's actually good, but until then, he's just going to have to keep proving the haters wrong. Right now, he is projected for a 732 OPS in 591 plate appearances by baseball reference. They have him hitting fewer home runs than last year at 24 um, and on base under 300, which would be seven points lower than what he did last year. And slugging 439, not a super impressive um, projection for him. I don't think one that's necessarily super accurate. And Fangraphs is is also not exactly the highest on Adolis Garcia, even though he had a 3.8 war last year. They're projecting him for a 2.8 war, I believe. Is this if this is overall correct? Yeah, uh, 2.2. Excuse me, 2.2 war. Just a significant drop off for him. They have his on base under 290. Have him slugging under 450. Um, just not being a good base runner. They have him being fine in the field, but they just really do not believe in Adolis Garcia over at Fangraphs and over at Baseball Reference. And I just don't know how many more seasons he needs to do it. Cause he can he do it for you know four straight years, and then are they finally going to believe? Oh, okay, actually this this guy is is pretty darn good. Maybe we. Maybe we need to adjust those predictions, but like the advanced numbers are showing how hard he's hitting the baseballs and I mean, he's getting better at that walk rate. I mean, he improved it last year. He improved the strikeout rate as well and his uh, discipline in the zone. The Rangers hitting staff really did a good job with helping Adolis Garcia improve. I mean, same with Nathaniel Lowe, but I think that it kind of went under the radar because the overall numbers were not quite as spicy. He didn't have that 
you know, month long stretch where he, he did in May where he was like one of the best players in baseball when he first got called up, like he did just announcing his presence in that series against the Rays. But it was just overall very consistent and very good and coming up in big moments for the Rangers. So I am really excited about Adolis Garcia coming up. We're going to get into my projections on him and what to make of the center field debacle. Is it still Leody Tavares' job to lose? All that. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Surely they're going to have some big lines and um, numbers that I'm going to get into probably a little bit more next week about their baseball projections, their lines on that. So be sure to go check that out as well and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, Adolis Garcia, my projection is it's it's pretty aggressive and you know, maybe I'll end up looking stupid, and maybe Adolis Garcia will take a step back, and maybe uh, these two years happen fluky, but I really just don't believe that. A guy with this much natural talent who um, excels so well and has made these big big improvements, I I find it hard not to believe in a guy like that, but I'm expecting him to play somewhere around 156 games, hitting somewhere uh, about 260 then on base of 315, which would be 15 points higher than last year, really would be very excited about that. And a slugging percentage of 485, that would put him at an 800 OPS right on the dot. And along with that, I'm expecting 33 home runs, which would be a career high, just two more than his rookie year in 2021. 30 stolen bases, I think he can get to that 30-30 mark. He was pretty close to it last year with uh, 20 five stolen bases and 27 home runs. I think he can get over the hump this year and break that 30-30 club. I think the Rangers could have multiple players, um, including Marcus Simeon and uh, Adolis Garcia, and I don't think we're going to get Corey Seager in that 30-30 club, but um, and probably not probably not uh, Robbie Grossman, but um, I think two. I think two would be a solid club um, of that 30-30 club. I think that was my projection for Marcus Simeon as well. But and I'm also expecting him to have a four and a half war season, which would be a career high by any measurement, fan graphs, or baseball reference. I'm expecting big things from Adolis Garcia this year. He is not the man, but I think he is a critical factor in how well the Rangers will do this year. I don't think their entire playoff hopes will be determined on if Adolis takes another step forward, but I think it would really take a huge load off everybody else and kind of really raise the ceiling of this team if Adolis Garcia can go out there and take even another step forward, because I think he's definitely got it in there. He's going to be 30 this year. He is still growing. He's still figuring out how to be an everyday major leaguer, and he has done it very, very well for the last couple of years. But at this point, we need to look at the center field debacle feels like a bit much to call it at this point but at this point it kind of just feels a little bit like a debacle it seemed like a surefire it's going to be Leo Tavares that's just what it's going to be and now this um 
this left side tightness occurrence um, that has kept him out for the last few weeks, and he is not going to be ready for opening day. And I'm not sure exactly when he's going to be back. I don't imagine it's going to be too long, but again, these oblique strains, they they really can linger for quite a bit. We saw it with Joey Gallo. We saw it with John Gray um, in years past with the Rangers. So I am being extra, extra cautious with him right now. Fangraphs is projecting him for 504 plate appearances um, with the Rangers in total this year. Um, All of those would be in center field, which again, I think is about accurate. They project him to be a 1.6 war player. Almost all of that is coming from defense, which again, we kind of knew Leo Tavares is Mr. Defense, and last year he really showed how good he can be defensively, and his arm was significantly better than I thought. I mean, he had a stronger average or a faster average throw speed than um, Adolis Garcia. Not by much, but by a little bit. Was one of the fastest players in baseball. His outs above average. His jump was a little bit off last year, and he had a, a bunch of different not a bunch, but enough routine, like kind of goof ups uh, defensively that we just have not seen from him in the past. I think part of that might've been him spiraling in the second half of, he had a really great first half. And then as soon as the all-star break came and went, we all know that everything kind of just fell off a cliff for this poor kid. And I, I do still think there is a pretty darn good major leaguer, but it's really unfortunate the timing of this injury, because this was going to be Leody's job his everyday job, and I think it still will be for this season, but we all know Evan Carter is looming right there. Ezekiel Duran it could end up being a center fielder, but there are guys that are nipping at his heels, and even though he is still just going to be 24 years old this year, it feels like we've been thinking about Leo Tavares for forever. He's still just going to be 24 years old. There is still plenty of projection left in the tank, and even if he is just an average offensive center fielder, we know that glove is just so incredibly valuable. Having an elite, elite, one of the best, if not the best defensive center fielders in all of baseball, patrolling that center field, turns a lot of of balls that might be uh, extra base hits into outs. It really saves a lot of runs having great defense in center field and in the outfield in general and I think with what I'm expecting is going to be the outfield defense for most of this year and Robbie Grossman in left and Adolis in right and Leody in center that is one of the better defensive outfields in all of baseball I'm not going to say it's the best by any means but it's definitely up there and Leody makes a big big difference but as for what they're going to do while Leody is out I'd don't imagine it would be much more than a month and a half of the season that he misses but again I'm no I'm no doctor I have not seen the scans but I'm just always pretty cautious because your side your oblique is something you need a whole lot in baseball especially when you are swinging the bat and um, doing baseball things that require you to turn your torso and that is what the obliques do and that's what baseball do but in terms of who I want in center field as an everyday guy for the most part for that month-long stretch, I've really gone back and forth because initially I thought, all right, it's going to be Bubba Thompson. You want to keep you you want to keep um, your your utility infield guys of Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran. You want to kind of keep them on the infield. They're going to need to get some at bats in there. But granted, one of the Rangers infielders, Marcus Simeon, is a guy who plays pretty much every freaking day and plays the field pretty much every freaking day and doesn't need that much time off if any um even days off where he's just a half day off and he's 
DHing as opposed to playing second base. He plays a lot. And so the Rangers are not going to get a lot of plate appearances for Ezekiel Duran or Josh Smith if they are both on the roster or if either of them are on the roster um, by playing them at second base. Corey Seager is also going to play quite a bit. Third base, Josh Young is going to play quite a bit. Left field seems like the everyday left fielder is going to be Robbie Grossman. That's pretty well entrenched. So center field for now is the spot where you can get those guys some at-bats. And as much as I love Bubba Thompson, I still do think he needs a little bit more development. Maybe starting him in AAA for the year um, could be helpful. He still needs to get a little bit better at pitch recognition. Granted, his insane speed um, and pretty decent reads in the outfield could be a big benefit for the Rangers, but his arm is nowhere near what Leody Tavares's is, and I think Josh Smith's is significantly better, and Ezekiel Duran has one of the better arms on this Rangers team, as we saw when he was playing third base so much last year. But I think that Josh Smith kind of provides you more of that competent level of guy who you're going to need in the eight or nine spot in your order. I would like to see him get a little bit more pop. I think he would also like to see himself get a little bit more pop, but the on-base skills are legitimate there. He gives very, very good at-bats, and I think that is something that is a really, really underrated skill for a major league player. Last year, his overall numbers were not not stellar. I mean, he had an OPS of 556. The on-base was just barely over 300. He hit under 200 and slugged under 250 with just two home runs, and only one of those actually went over the fence. The other one was just hit to shallow center field and had the most little league home run vibes of any home run I think I've seen in the big leagues in quite some time. But I think he's better than that. I think Josh Smith is better than those numbers. The at-bats were significantly better. It's kind of felt like a Jonah Heim 2021 situation where it's like, this guy's putting together competent at-bats, but the numbers look really, really terrible. But if you're actually watching what he's doing at the plate, then you don't think that this guy is as bad as those numbers indicate. And I think that's the case with Josh Smith. Ezekiel Duran is a guy who I really like, and I think that his upside is probably higher overall than Josh Smith. Granted, Josh Smith, I think, is more of a legitimate shortstop than Duran. But the Rangers don't need a legitimate everyday shortstop. They've they already paid one $325 million in Corey Seager. They don't need Josh Smith to be their everyday shortstop or their everyday third baseman. They have Josh Young for that. So I think Ezekiel Duran eventually will end up taking more time to be in center field, maybe in the long term. And next year, it's going to be a battle between Leody Tavares and I think Ezekiel Duran and I think Evan Carter as well out of camp next year. Maybe Evan Carter makes it to the big leagues by the end of this year. Maybe that's being a little aggressive, but he's a guy who is just consistently defied expectations and um, is nipping at the heels of Leody Tavares and all of these guys, um, even though he is significantly younger and at a lower level than all of them. But yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Josh Smith at the moment for the guy who I want to get the most reps in center field while Leody Tavares is going to be on the shelf. But in terms of what we can expect from Leody when he comes back, I think that him just being competent offensive offensively. I think that is what it's really going to come down to just be league average or like a little bit worse than league average. Not even like you don't even have to be that great. I mean, it's really frustrating because he was doing so well offensively in spring training in those five games, just 12 plate appearances before he got hurt. Um, he was hitting 400 and on base of 400 and slugging well 400 cause he didn't have any extra base hits, but two walks to two strikeouts. Like that was, that was the kind of Leo Tavares that we were expecting a little bit of. And I think those 2020 numbers, even though they were um, a shortened season, and I still do think that was way earlier that he was ready, 
if he can get somewhere around a 703-ish OPS, last year is down to 675, um, despite those really, really great numbers the first 20, 30 games or whatever it was before the All-Star break, I think there's definitely a very good Major League player in there. I mean, Leonis Martin was not the most sexy player on the Rangers, but he was very, very valuable. I mean, you look at his average exit velocity last year in terms of Leo Tavares, that was up there in the top half of baseball, 50 55th percentile, the max exit velocity. When he gets into one, he really, really gets into one. We haven't really seen that as much at the big league level. He was in the top 12% of baseball in terms of his max exit velocity. That came on an absolute mammoth shot. He only had five home runs last year, but I think there is some legitimate power potential there for... 10, 15, maybe if he really fills out 20 home runs, I'm not going to put that on him. But even the double digits, I think, is not something that's out of the question because this guy has got the pop in there. He has made hard contact. He does have pretty decent at-bats, and I think his walk rate will continue to improve. That was something that I thought was really one of his strengths in the Myers. haven't seen it as much at the major level, but this is a real make-or-break year for Leo Tavares. I think he's gotten really the kind of bad end of things, some really bad luck in his major league career these first three years, but I'm hoping this year he can turn around um, and maybe Evan Carter ends up being pushed to left field because Leody Tavares is just so good defensively and competent to maybe even above competent offensively that he provides a lot of value as your center fielder for years to come. But that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on Rangers. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked on Podcast where it's your team every day. I'll be back tomorrow with an episode with Sully that I recorded last night talking more about those power rankings and where your Rangers stack up in them as well as the AL West did a recorded a division preview last night that will be in your feeds sometime next week with all of the AL West hosts I made sure to talk a lot of trash on behalf of Rangers fans and then I'll have an episode on Saturday talking about Jacob deGrom's last start of the spring before opening day in exactly seven days from this Thursday thank you all so much for listening and subscribing until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball